Hey, this is the Paulist uh, Daily Comics Analysis Podcast. Um, this is kind of a special edition. It's an intro episode. Today I'm going to talk about what is the Paulist, a little bit about how we organize things here on this podcast, uh, how is it that we run a daily comics analysis podcast. Uh, uh, I say we, it's not a we, it's a me. <laughs> this is a monologue. So I want to talk a little bit about what this project is and then to reintroduce who I am, um, who is to ply, and uh, and want to talk about why we study comics. Um, I'll probably repost this episode now and then so that listeners can hear the full spiel um, within access, uh, within reach. Um, part of the reason I'm doing this is that uh, I am now on iTunes um, in the podcast section. And so if you search Paul List, you can find me there. Um, I've been on SoundCloud, and I'm not sure how people are finding the show, but I know that there is a small number of people who are listening to each episode, and if they find their way to this podcast, they may be wondering, why another comics podcast? Why is it called The Paul List? Um, What is going on here? (laughs) So that's what this is about. Um, In short, in summary, The Paul List is a project. It's a project of a daily comics analysis um, I'm doing it as a kind of empirical work, almost like um, a study, and I'm, I'm, I'm working towards building my own theoretical understanding of the field of comics, probably more accurate to say the fields of comics, um, plural. Um, a little bit about the schedule and kind of how the parameters of how this whole thing will work, and then I'll talk about what is this project and who am I. Uh, what I try to do is in 20 minutes every day, uh, using a variety of approaches, I take a comic and I study it and I do analysis. Analysis is a very broad uh, word, um, even though the the root of the word is really to take something and to, to cut it up and really kind of look at the insides and, and understand the parts. Even so, there's many ways that you can um, cut a fish. And... Um, there's many things that this show isn't. Uh, it's not a review show. Uh, I don't review books, although I try to talk about books that are out. Um, my job is not here to give you a rating. There's plenty of podcasts out there that do that, and uh, certainly a lot on websites. I don't do interviews with uh, creators, uh, not, at least not in this forum. Um, I've had the chance to interview some creators. I'm also a writer occasionally uh, at multiversitycomics.com. Occasional only because I can't get my act together to write more than occasionally. And I'm also the editor of the blog at thecomicsalternative.com. Uh, that is the, the blog portion of a podcast that is um, done by the two guys with PhDs. In those places, you will find tremendous reviews you'll find tremendous interviews you'll find previews of upcoming comics that's also not what i'm doing um you'll find sometimes you'll find gossip or industry coverage um again that's not what i'm doing um what i am doing is i'm trying to each day take a comic and analyze it and i think about comics i know that i'm standing from a certain vantage point and there's a certain imbalance certain um emphasis in my coverage and i totally own that um, it has everything to do with my vantage point, also um, my reading interests. Um, but what I try to do is I try to have one day of my comics analysis a week involve wor- a work of comics scholarship, a work from comics studies, which is a interdisciplinary field, and people come to study comics from a variety of um, intellectual, academic, scholarly um, orientations 
and I try to read a broad range of that and talk about that here. So that's one day a week. But I also try to break down the schedule so that three days I'm reading what's generally considered mainstream, often superhero comics, and then three days a week I'm not. I'm reading the rest of the stuff out there. Um, some people will be really dissatisfied with that proportion. I am personally also dissatisfied with that proportion. But I do think that there's something really important about reading the work that um, sells the most and gets called comics the most, although that is certainly something that is itself changing. So anyway, I'll let the schedule speak for itself. Um, the way it works is that we have the what I call the Sunday Scholar, the Monday Marvel, the Tuesday Trade, the Wednesday Wide World of Comics, the Thursday Throwback, the Friday Find, and the Saturday Super Friend. Um, to go through each one on the Sunday Scholar, I'll talk about a chapter or an, uh, a published journal article or a monograph from the wide-ranging fields of comic studies. And in comic studies, you have people who are English or complete, you know, um, uh, academics. You'll have historians and archivists. You'll have people in media studies, people in cinema and visual arts, people in cultural studies, um, people in a wide range of fields who, for one reason or another, study comics. Um, and I definitely don't belong to all of those disciplines. Um, I'll talk a little bit about who I am and my background later on, but um, I, I, I think that part of the reason I'm doing this is sometimes to read stuff a little bit outside of my discipline, and I do my best to represent and comment on that here. In the Monday Marvel, I'll take an issue of a comic from Marvel, a um, current, uh, current issue, um, and sometimes I may also touch on Marvel in other media as it becomes relevant, be it um, one of those big Marvel movies or television or Netflix show or, you know, animated movie or something like that. Um, on Tuesday, I cover the Tuesday trade. And what I mean by that is I want to talk about a substantial body of work from one of the um, publishers. I, was, I guess I would say one of the major publishers outside of the big two, Marvel and DC, by which I mean Image Comics, Dark Horse Comics, uh, Boom Studios, IDW, uh, Oni Press. Um, I'm certainly leaving out some important ones. Um, and, uh, and I do want to talk about books from those various publishers and um, keep track um, in the Tuesday trade. The Wednesday World of Comics might be the most dissatisfying one because really what it says in the title is that I'm trying to tackle the broad range of stuff um, on Wednesdays. Um, and for people who are comic shop denizens, you know that Wednesday is New Comic Book Day. And on those days, I'll talk about what I'm picking up and what I'm following in uh, on, on New Comic Book Day. What is my actual pull list? Um, and for those who don't know, a pull list, which is this podcast name is inspired by is those who have a subscription service with a local comic shop and um and you know your pull list is for them to pull certain titles that you have you know pre-ordered or or reserved um so i'll share my pull list but i'll also get into a comic that's something that you wouldn't find um on new comic book day necessarily and that might mean a web comic it might mean a, a comics work translated into english from somewhere else in the world which means um, perhaps manga or manhua um, or Mawa, <laughs> um, depending on your country of origin, your Asian country of, and language of origin. Um, European comics, other global comics, um, all ages comics, newspaper comics, um, and it's really an imbalance to stuff all of these different um, formats and genre and uh, and comics types all into one day. And so I, I'm not really doing that. But Wednesday is really when I try to just um, look more broadly, look more widely. 
Um, so that's the Wednesday Wide World of Comics. Um, but sometimes I'll, I'll throw that kind of work into Thursday. Um, Thursday is the Thursday throwback. And that's where I really try to cover um, things that are classics. Um, classic graphic novels, maybe, or things that are in the comics canon, things likely to show up in a comic study syllabus. Um, and to look at things outside and inside of the superhero genre. Um, here is where I want to talk about, for instance, maybe an omnibus work that um, is published by one of the big two publishers or maybe by um, by Dark Horse or something like that. Um, or maybe an absolute edition or one of these Marvel work, uh, Marvel Masterworks books or um, or artist editions, editions. I occasionally um, can find a much discounted um, a, a copy of an artist edition um, or even just some kind of classic run. Um, and sometimes it'll be the superhero stuff. Sometimes it'll be the non-superhero stuff. Um, I'd love to talk about Crumb at some point. I'd love to talk about, um, I don't know, Akira. So Thursday Throwback is really to look at something that's not a, a, a sort of present-day publication. Um, and then the Friday Find is when I'll talk about small press, indie, alternative, um, sometimes all ages books. And here would be your Fantagraphics, your Drawn and Quarterly, your Top Shelf, um, other small press publishers, Retrofit, Conundrum, um, graphic novel publishers. And um, I call it the Friday Find because I think part of my desire, my ambition is to kind of expose and educate people to comics who are, you know, pretty fixed on what what's sort of stapled together in um in single issue issue comics um and so that's kind of what the friday find is about and then i come to the saturday super friend when i'll cover books from dc and vertigo um and again just like with marvel i may touch on dc and other media i don't know maybe one day i'll just really want to talk about the flash tv show <laughs> or um or you know the Suicide Squad movie that I'm probably not going to watch. Um, so that's kind of the schedule. All right, so that's the parameters. I try to hit 20 minutes, um, and I don't know. I haven't been very successful thus far, but uh, that's the goal for myself. Um, and part of the reason is that my intention is for this to be daily because it's meant to really be kind of a discipline for me. Um, you know, when a, a comics fan has a pull list, it represents a severe investment. You know, you're definitely, you know, you've uh, locked in, you know, you've been, um, you've been swallowed up by the, the comics obsession when you have a pull list. Um, and it's, it's a funny selection process to kind of, you know, it doesn't exist in other places. I mean, I don't know how many people go into their um, bookstores or video stores that no longer exist and sort of curate their own reading in that kind of manner. Um, maybe people do it now with uh, reading lists or things that they do on Goodreads, or maybe people do it with their Netflix um, cues or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think that there's something in the impulse to want to read more and more and to read more and more widely and then to have to really select things to look in and and invest deeply into that um, is to me a, a, a self-conscious process, a reflective process. Um, because I think for, for me, as I'll discuss more in a second, comics reading is a regular act of listening, of comprehension, of um, empathy, of intellectual um, uh, engagement, sometimes stretching myself. Um, th those who've studied uh, fan culture speak uh, uh, about how fan culture reflects profoundly our cultural sensi sensibilities. 
Um, and I think that comics are um, hyper influential. In fact, I was just reading an interview on Vulture with Brian K. Vaughn, um, who's a well-known comics writer. And he was talking about how, you know, they asked him, you know, why is it that you think in the last decade we've seen so many comics works? You know, not just the big budget superhero movies that dominate the box office, but, you know, all kinds of comics translated, adopted in other media. And I think, you know, Vaughn in, in sort of his typical style had a wry comment about, you know, years ago when I first came out here to L.A. to Hollywood, your um, comics fans were interns. And then years later you saw that they were staffers and then you saw that they were, you know, second to the to the people at the head of the studio or whatever that's probably archaic what i just said but anyway you know geeks are are rising is what he was saying and he said pretty soon you know well uh, culture and media will be com- completely dominated by geeks partly true and partly also just i think a reflection of the um changing landscape of of media and then p- comics place in the wider culture um there's something about comics that is um, stories and mythology in our culture, something that is um, a biography by which we understand ourselves and each other, and journalism by which we grasp the world. Um, I started this podcast very much on a lark. Uh, I am not a, um, I don't consider myself a comic scholar. I'm actually an education um, academic and I'm a, a teacher, I'm proud to be a high school English teacher for many years. Um, and I, consider myself as a reader kind of a generalist um i try to be something of a polyglot and uh, it means i read literature i read nonfiction. i read the new yorker i read um uh poetry at, at times uh, but i've always had this very special place in my heart and in my life for comics and sometimes it waxes and wanes and um i'm sometimes more or less of a reader um, but that kind of brings me to who i am and that's what i want to talk about what who who is this person who is uh, endeavoring on this project to um to grasp to comprehend to um think and theorize about comics um my my name here is two ply a couple reasons for that um one <laughs> at the most basic is that two ply bristol board is the um art paper that uh, comic artists generally use and um i I love the I love paper. <laughs> I love I love looking at comics art. You know, I've been to um, there's a, a few different um, comics museums out there. The Billy Ireland at, at, in Ohio State, and uh, over here in California, there's a um, Center for Cartoon Art. And uh, you know, actually, even here on the, this wall in this very room, I have a few pieces of original art. Not expensive stuff, but um, stuff that personally meaningful to me. I love looking at that two-ply Bristol board. I love looking at the erased pencil marks and the um, the ink on the page. Um, so there's that. Um, but I'm also two-ply because of my name, um, Paul, and uh, my last name is Lai. And um, also because uh, there's something in the two that is uh, reflective of what I take as a general dial- dialogical method to my madness. Um, I am lots of things, just as we're all lots of things. I am um, an American, and I'm an immigrant. I'm a person of color, and I am a person who um, who uh, I think has benefited from all, all manner of privilege. I'm a cisgendered male, heterosexual. Um, I, I know that that comes with all kinds of blind spots, um, and I am um, proud, and I am uh, um, brought low by by 
the history and the um, resonances of, of things that I am. Um, I am, you know, uh, uh, maybe a critic. I don't know. I don't know what that is. What is a critic? What is criticism? Um, uh, I am an academic. Um, as I said, I am a, a, a graduate student completing a doctorate in education um, in literacy and language. Um, and I'm also a, um, a father. I'm a teacher. Um, I mentioned in the usual intro that I'm a preacher. And what I mean by that is I am a person of faith. Um, I'm a person who identifies as a Christian. I have a difficult time doing that sometimes, not because I have any embarrassment about um, my faith itself, but I sometimes wish to disassociate myself from her followers. <laughs> and um, uh, But uh, at, at the same time, I, you know, it's, it's a family relation for me. Um, so I am a person of, of, of faith, um, not uncritical faith, I hope you find. Um, all of these aspects of myself, my background, my upbringing, my identity, I think work regularly in a kind of dialogue. Sometimes they produce enormous amounts of tension. Sometimes they are um, opportunities for me to um, know something more profoundly or to have multiple frames of reference. Um, so one of the reasons that I try to be to ply that I am to ply is that I want to assume that I'm talking to regular folks, you know, to your average reader, to, um, to people who, um, enjoy everyday common sense. But I also, um, you know, stand in my position as a, as an academic, somebody who loves theory, somebody who, um, tries to be multiple meanings of the word critical and multiple meanings of the word spiritual. Um, I, being all these things, you might ask, why are you, who has time to do a daily podcast? Well, I don't, to tell you the truth. Um, this is a limited time project, and I'm really embarking on this during a summer break from my work as an educator, um, my part-time work as an educator while I do my do my studies. Um, if by the end of this sort of time period, I um, get some response that this is something that folks are enjoying and appreciating, then I'll probably continue. And if not, um, I'll have uh, closed the summer semester of doing this and, um, and I'll know that it was worthwhile um, because, uh, you know, another good question is, Paul, why are you too ply and talk all this stuff about dialogue when you're a person by yourself? Uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts and um, not many of them involve a monologue. Not many of them involve one single person on a mic. It sounds a little insane, actually, when a person is. Um, but um, a few that I really do appreciate um, it, it feature speakers who are much more entertaining and much more engaging than me. But what I notice that they do when they do do this effectively is that they are a monologue, but they're constantly switching their dialogue partners in the sense that they're always sort of talking to themselves and trying to voice another perspective, um, something to challenge themselves, something to is that is maybe a substitute for the, the voice of the listener or some, some perspective that is something that the, the speaker is wrestling with, tangling with. Um, and that's kind of what I want to do. That's why I want to read all of these comics is I want to have the dialogue with the creators, with the fans, with the, with the you know, readers, with um, the industry of comics, um, as well as with the, you know, um, other 
scholars and and um, people in comic studies and people in different fields who um, inform me and I want that complexity to bother me and I want that um, being bothered to to help me to understand better and to become smarter and so the monologue is well to be honest it's mainly because of time and availability because I often am going to be doing this at the oddest hours um, because I'm a night owl and uh, my kid is asleep and my my wife is asleep and um <laughs> and um it's too hard to schedule anybody to talk to me at this time so yes i'm also a lonely and boring nerd um but um but i also sort of embrace the opportunity to um nourish this hunger in me to talk about comics um so finally why why am i talking about comics um you know, I do this for 20 minutes a day. That's a self-imposed discipline because it is only a small part of my larger intellectual and personal and reading life. Um, it's something I do for fun and relaxation, something that I consider part of my mission as a teacher to understand people and to to um, continue to read. Um, but there's a lot of reason why, reasons why comics specifically and not, you know, TV shows and not um, social media. Um I'll kind of lay out those reasons as uh, four different things, and it's going to be a fun acronym uh, because I love fun acronyms. Um, the first reason is because comics is convergence. Uh, Henry Jenkins, who's a uh, media studies scholar, um, I think, yeah, is that his department? I don't know. But he, uh, about a decade ago, wrote a book called Convergence Culture. It's a fascinating book. It's worth looking at. Um, he talks about how um, in these times, um, the what we're witnessing around us is um, decisions that are made from the you know sort of the large corporation you know your Disney's and your Warner's and stuff like that to um, consolidate and to uh, cross pollinate their various uh, brands and licenses you know so. There's a Captain America everything, a Captain America mug, a Captain America television show. There isn't a Captain America television show. You know what I mean. Uh, and uh, and stuff just crossing over media. So that's kind of a top-down perspective. But from the bottom up, at the same time, you know, young people, <laughs> young people, uh, people are, are increasingly wanting their media and their stories and their universes to cross all the platforms uh they want to see the movie about the book and play the video game and then to you know drink out of the mug i don't know um it's a sense in which um in our days and times there is a flow of um of ideas of stories of characters of worlds across all these different um, platforms and all these different industries all these different media and the audiences are are moving with them um, it used to be uh, back in the day that if you were a comics fan you were a comics fan and um, now comics are read by um, kids they're read by academics they're read by um, old ladies they're read by um, uh, you know, serious adults, people on the train, accountants on their way to work, um, uh, all kinds of people, um, not to mention crossing boundaries of culture, of race, of class, of language, um, and um, and other other forms of um, kind of the diffusion of of ideas of work that um, you know you you uh, you. I think if you come at it from the 
disciplinary boundaries of I only look at film or I only look at um, literature, quote unquote, or I only look at, um, you know, uh, journalism, you're likely to miss the, the picture because we live in a convergence culture. Um, in that convergence culture, I think comics play a fascinating role. It's a kind of ground zero. It's a kind of, um, uh, you know, it, it's, I think, a very important pivot point between media. Um, if you look at comics and the ways that they are a hotbed of, of creation, and at the same time, um, you know, so much of comics is licensed work. It's, it's kids who watch the movie and, and want more. It's adults who uh, are looking for the um, sequel to Fight Club, and it happens to come in comics form. Uh, whatever it is, um, there's something that uh, comics can be for a variety of reasons that um, has a very special role within this convergence culture. And that's one of the reasons that I think it's so exciting and interesting to talk about comics right now. Um, the second uh, reason why I study comics is because it is an outsider's medium. Uh, I, I know it's been called that in a variety of places, but it's kind of most stuck out to me from a, a talk that Gene Luen Yang, who is a cartoonist, uh, comics writer of various important works, American-born Chinese boxers and saints, now writing um, a new Superman book, actually, um, and some other stuff. He gave a talk and talked about the ways that um, comics are a medium, of, have always been a medium of outsiders, whether you're talking about, um, you know, the newspaper cartoonists uh, or you're talking about, um, uh, uh, you know, the early superhero cartoonists, many of them, you know, Jewish American um, creators um, and sort of all through the different places, even to the web comics creators of today. Um, in some way, quite often, for whatever reasons, um, comics have belonged often to people who are in some ways on the outs, on the margins of society. Um, maybe even if you're not, then your engagement with comics winds up putting you on the out. And it, it reflects the ways that um, at least in American culture, um, and to varying degrees in other cultures, or in, in different ways, comics are a kind of lowbrow art form, um, a kind of um, um, uh, banal, uh, you know, a, a sort of everyday low art um, at best. Um, but I think because of that, uh, I think it's a fascinating place to look at, um, well, ways that comics may yes they do tend to reify dominant culture but they also are a place where there's just a lot of pushing back against dominant culture um from the perspective of class or from the perspective of race or language or culture uh it's also fascinating the ways that to me the ways that it being a quote-unquote outsider's medium affect the craft affect the industry affect the aesthetic um of of this medium that makes it really interesting and important uh, and even um, the significant canonical works of comics, you know, your mouse or your Persepolis or whatever, the things that do get eventually um, the kind of acclaim that they do, often derive their strength from being able to come, in some sense, from the margins. And so um, that's another reason why I want to study comics, because I think that they um, they never let us rest easily on our laurels in um, in the sort of collective um, Gramscian common sense, if that means anything. <laughs> All right. Reason three, why study comics? Um, and that reason is imaginations. 
I said that imagined nations, imagination, imaginations. Um, and what I mean by that is that in comics, there's just this incredible creativity, this generativity, this imaginative world building. It's this force of exercising human impulse to create and to tell stories. There's tremendous inspiration and imagination. I mean, this is why, as I said, it's a hotbed of ideas. It's the, um, it's the ground zero. It's the saplings of uh, stories that wind up being taken up in, else, in other places. And, um, and I think that those, that kind of imagination has a lot to do with what the medium offers and the ways that the medium can grab and engage and communicate um, with such clarity and power. Um, but also, I, I said imaginations, but I also meant to say imagined nations, um, inspired by the work of academic... Um, Benedict Anderson, who wrote a book called Imagined Communities, um, and talked about the ways that nationhood came hand in hand with literacy and culture that was about the creation of a sense of um, who we are as a people, and that, that who we are as a people is something that the state carries out, and something that a military carries out, and something that, um, you know, borders carry out, but, but has just as much if not more to do with the um the narratives and the stories and the documents and the um the propagation of a sense of who we are in people's imaginations through culture through stories um through uh media through literacy um and so i take seriously that we all sort of lived in these figured worlds even if our head is stuck in um game of thrones or in some sci-fi um you know dystopian vision of the future we are working out uh the social and political dimensions of what it is to be members of um the human race or of a society or our conceptions of self or peoplehood or nations and communities or borders or authorities um i think that um the imaginations aspect of comics is so vibrant and so um so involved that uh just rife for study um i i think of a of a book from image of the last few years east of west um one day i'll talk about east of west but if you're just a comics fan going what are you talking about um just think about the the imagination of who we as you know folks living in the united states and uh, you i hope you'll pardon my um my american centricity oftentimes i'll speak with an assumed we and that's probably not fair um but uh but the questioning of who we are as a nation um it's fascinating in that book east of west um and so finally the last um reason why i study comics is because because i love cultural studies um that's not my field cultural studies is sort of a its own sub-discipline it's a or sometimes considered an anti-discipline. Um, it's uh, it's a area deep in theory, um, theory that comes from you know uh, literary studies, comes from cultural anthropology, comes from critical theory. Um, but basically, cultural studies uh, says that it's it's um, uh, ridiculous to consider the objects of common culture and the ob- the things of you know the the, the romance novels that people read every day or the 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 tv dramas the korean dramas that um, people are absorbed into uh, that just because those things are mass culture that those aren't worthy of study um is ridiculous 
Uh, instead, I think what becomes necessary is to study those in view of um, of the the production, um, the means of production, um, to study those in view of the um, audience, the readership, the circulations, and the flows between people who are creators, producers, and consumers, um, and then to look through those lenses at um, things much larger than what's in the than just what's at face value, um, but to also see all of that ideological, uh, political, cultural uh, understanding, um, but to see all of that, you know, manifest in the texts and manifest in the way that the texts move, the things that uh, people do with the texts. Um, yeah. Now, having said all that, convergence, outsiders, medium, imagination, and cultural studies, I hope that I have not turned you off to listening to my daily analysis. Maybe my daily analysis is better um, in actually seeing it in practice rather than hearing me describe it. But for anybody who has listened and tried to say, where's this guy coming from and why is he going in so many directions? Why is he in one, on, in one minute talking about art and its effect um, and the way that, you know, pencilers gone on pencil and inkers gone on ink. Um, and then the next day talking about politics and, um, you know, rep representation versus um, reparations versus um, redistribution, whatever. Um, this is where I'm coming from. Um, so thank you for joining me on the journey. I don't know how long it's going to last. I think that how long it lasts is going to be very contingent on whether or not anybody out there is listening. So if you have listened and if you heard this and it uh, bores you, then uh, you know what? It's okay. Turn it off. Un unsubscribe. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but um, if you're still here and you're still interested, first of all, wow. And second of all, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm at Tuplai on Twitter, T-W-O-P-L-A-I. Or you can email me at um, Tuplai at gmail.com. Uh, please let me know because letting me know that you are out there and you are interested will um, compel me to keep going. Um, so thank you for listening and um, keep reading. <laughs>